Today's daf is daf Lamed, page 30 in the Heligum Masechus Chubas. And we're going to go back to the bottom of Chavtes, Omud Beis. We're going to pick up Ula Reb Yeshevav de Omar. Okay, this is from the three and four lines from the bottom of Chavtes, Omud Beis. Okay, now, we're in the middle of a sugya. We're actually wrapping up a sugya. We're about to, uh, just a little bit more... We're in the middle of a sugya which is actually arguing on our Mishnah. All right, this sugya is not in line with our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, we learned that um, in order for a man to be high of a knas, if he's ma'anis and mefate a girl, it doesn't matter whether this is a a, uh, a nara who, according to the Torah, he's a latimary. It doesn't matter if it's a nara that he's ushered to as a lav. It doesn't make a difference if it's a nara that he's usher to as a kares. Either way, he's going to have to pay the knas. All right? Now, we're going in a different opinion, which was that uh, there was a brysa that says, the, the pasuk says that when you pay a knas, you also have to marry her. So that we had a machlekes in the brysa where Shimon Hatemani said, you're only going to have to pay a knas for a woman whose marriage would be valid. While Shimon ben Benassia says, you're only going to pay a knas for a woman who are, you are allowed to remain married to. According to this brysa, this is not in line with our Mishnah, right? Because in our Mishnah, th- there's a case where it's forbidden to marry her, and you're certainly not allowed to remain married, and you're still paying a knas. But in the separate brysa, which argues on our Mishnah, there's a dispute between Shimon Atimani and Shimon ben Benassia, they both hold there's actually not going to be a knas always. At to, uh, when is there not going to be a knas? So Shimon Atimani said there's no knas unless the marriage would be valid. So if you were to violate one sister where it's not a valid marriage, then uh, there's not going to be a knas. That argues in a mission. Shimon Atimani says no, it has to be a type of woman that you can even remain with. According to him, it's going to be, you're only going to have to pay a knas on a woman that, you're, that there's, there's no transgression at all. All right. Now the Gemara was going through Ika Benayus, you know, my Benayu. What is the difference between Rav Shimon Benayus and Shimon and Shimon Hatimani? So here we go. Says the Gemara. We're up to Rabbi Yeshevav the Amar. According to Rabbi Yeshevav. Now who's Rabbi Yeshevav? Rabbi Yeshevav said, "Bo v'nitzchak al Akiva ben Yosef." Let's go shout at Akiva ben Yosef. Show you because the Hilga Rabbi Akiva used to say, "Kol she'in leibia biyisrael." That any time it's forbidden to marry a woman in the Torah. The halacha is the kids of mamzer, havlad mamzer. So, according to that approach, where the marriage is not even valid, so now we're looking for a difference in the brisa between Shimon Hatimani and Shimon ben Menasya. What's going to be a practical difference um, about whether you pay a fine only when it would be a valid marriage, or when you pay a fine only when it's a marriage you can remain in? All right. So here we go. Says the Gemara, Ika Beinayu, top of the Amud. Now, now we turn to today's daf. Ika Beinayu, the difference is going to be, this is where we ended off yesterday. If you married a first and second generation, where there you transgressed a positive commandment in the Torah. And everybody would be in agreement that if you do marry a second generation, it's going to be valid. So if you hold that you pay a knas when it's valid, when it's going to be a valid marriage, over here you're going to pay a knas. Are you allowed to remar- Are you allowed to remain married? No. 
You're not allowed to remain married to a second generation mitzvah daimi. That's a transgression of an assay. So according to the opinion that in order to pay a knas, you have to be allowed to remain married. Here, you're not going to pay a knas if he's ma'anes, a first or second generation mitzvah daimi. Beautiful. Okay, that's where we ended off. Now, says the Gemara. If it makes sense going to be If he's coming to exclude the reason of Rabbi Simai, that Rabbi uh, according to Rabbi Simai, Rabbi Simai says that even Rabbi Akiva, who holds by Yehi of Love, the kid would be a mamzer. He'll agree that by a kayin, the and a uh, and an almana, the child's not going to be a mamzer because of. The Xeras Akosov, that it's Layachalel. Ella eat time and then But if Rabbi Yeshevov is coming not to exclude Rabbi Simai, but is coming to uh, explain his own reasoning, so Kosha in he explains that any person who's not allowed to have relations with somebody, with some member of Klal Yisrael, Havlad Mamzi, hit us according to Rabbi Yeshevov, it's fascinating. He says, any time. You have a Torah transgression. It doesn't make a difference if it's an assay. That's the catch. It, you could be violating a positive commandment. You could be viola- violating a negative commandment. You could be violating a, no matter what, Rabbi Yeshevov says the kid is a mamzer. Even when you're, you're transgressing a positive commandment, like a mitzvah, according to Rabbi Yeshevov, what's the difference? According to him, any time you're not allowed to marry a woman, you're not allowed to remain with her, and that kid's going to be a mamzer. So what's the difference between Shimon Hatimani and Shimon Ben Menasya? One says, it's the, you, you pay a fine only if, you could, only if the marriage will be valid. The other one says you pay a fine only if you'd be allowed to remain married. According to Bishabov, it's the same thing. Because you can never remain married to somebody who it's forbidden to marry. And the two things go hand in hand. So the Gemara is now asking, very simply, according to Rabbi Yeshevov, what's a case where Shem and Atiman and Shem and will have a difference? Answers the Gemara, Ike Benayu, Bu'ulu Lekayin Gadol. The difference between Rabbi Shem and Menasya and Shem and is Bu'ula Lekayin Gadol. By a Bu'ula Lekayin Gadol, when a woman is a non-virgin, Rabbi Yeshevov will agree that the marriage is valid. And the child is not a mamzer, but are they allowed to remain together? No. So that's going to be a difference. Among, uh, a ba'ula of the kain gadol says the gemara. Why? Umayshna. Why taka? Is it true that a ba'ula, a non-virgin who marries a kain gadol, do we say that that's a unique case where the marriage would be valid, as opposed to any other transgression where Rabbi Yeshevah will hold the marriage is not valid? Answers the gemara. It's a very limited assay. Who is not allowed to marry a non-virgin? Can a Jew marry a non-virgin? Certainly. Can a Kayan marry a non-virgin? Certainly. There's one person in the entire world who's not allowed to marry a Bula, and that's a Kohen Gadol. All right? And it's an assay. It's not even a neg- The Torah doesn't even say a Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry a Bula. You know what the Torah says? That Isha Bibsuleha Yikach, it says in a way of positive, a Kohen Gadol has to marry a virgin. So over here you have a very limited case. You have a woman who's allowed to marry any Jew, but if the coin Gadol were to marry her, it's a positive commandment violation. Since it's so limited, then we say the, if, if the coin Gadol does marry her, 
it's going to be uh, it's going to be valid. It's going to be a valid marriage. Now, are they allowed to remain together? No. That's going to be the chilek between Shema Menasi and Shema Natimar. That's going to be the difference between whether you hold Kisihia means that it has to be able to be a valid marriage or whether Kisihia means, I'm sorry, Velaisiya Leisha means going to be a valid marriage or whether it means it's a marriage that you're allowed to remain in. Okay? Now, this is a, a, this is a very profound concept. Let's pause for a second and just speak about how this concept applies in, in, in many ways to our lives. Very often we think that unique circumstances make something a lot more special than normal circumstances. Oh, it's something I haven't had the opportunity to do in 30 years. Something I haven't been able to do the whole year. Ah, it's mama special. It's beyond, right? So you'd th- with that viewpoint, why wouldn't we look at a, a bu'ula to a Kohen Gadol and say, maybe we should be so strict over here. You know, you have, so, you have a situation that is so unique. You have somebody who can't marry a bu'ula. It's such a unique set of circumstances. We should be more makvid. Right? We should be more careful over here because it's the one time you can ever use this mitzvah, so to speak. So we should be, uh, handle it with care. Handle it delicately. And the answer is something that we, that we know as maminim b'nei maminim, as people who believe in the, in the Rebbein Shalom, and that is that things that are more common are more needed. The more often something is, oxygen is free because it's needed. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts oxygen in the world. Water is needed, so water flows in places. The blessing of Shahakol Niyah Birvare is such a powerful blessing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts it in the world with more opportunity to be said because the world needs the blessings of Shahakol Niyah Birvare. Other blessings, perhaps, aren't needed as much, so it's less common. In other words, we have to realize sometimes our viewpoint is incorrect. Sometimes the viewpoint is things that are more, are more rare, are more special. We have to realize that very often, not always, there's exceptions, but very often it's the opposite. Where the more common something is, the more special and the more attention it needs to be paid. And none of us need to look any further than our own families. Right? The things that we take for granted are health are the people who are who uh, are family members who we're involved with, those are the ones that, uh, you know, that w- we don't realize what we have until it's not here anymore. But we have to realize things that are closest to us and things that are more common with us very often are the most special. Hence, going back to our Gemara, in Almana the Kohen Gadol, yes, it's a unique thing. It's unique. It's a unique set of circumstances. But it's not as impactful and therefore the transgression is not as impactful and therefore if an almana marries a kind gadol it'll be valid are they allowed to stay together no but it will be valid why because it's so limited therefore the the, the transgression is, is lacking okay let's keep going says the gemara amar of chista of chista says hakol them everybody agrees bevala knas if somebody um is Ma'anis violates a girl who's a Nida, you have to pay a knas, even though there's a Chiyav Kares for violating a Nida. The man Amar Yesh Bahavaya, according to the opinion who says that Yesh uh, Bahavaya, you need to have the ability to become a wife. If somebody marries a Nida, puts a ring on the finger of a woman while she's a Nida, is it a valid marriage? Yeah. Right? There's no question. 
So, Hanami Yesh Bahavaya, in this circumstance as well, if somebody violates Anida, she would have been fit for marriage, she have to pay her a kanas. The Mandama Ruya Lakaima, and according to the opinion who says, you only pay a kanas to a woman you're allowed to remain with, are you allowed to remain married to a woman when she's Anida? Of course. People aren't divorcing their wife every month, right? And then, and then remarrying her. So, of course, you're allowed to remain married, hence, in this situation as well, Hanami Ruya Lakaima. So to over here, you're allowed to remain married. There's no shaila, says the Gemara. There's no question about knas being paid to a nida. Says the Gemara. Okay. You should know, Are Mishnah, okay, which says that no matter what, whether the girl that you violated was permitted or forbidden as a lav, or forbidden as a kares, you're going to pay a knas. It's coming to exclude the opinion of Rabbi Nechunia ben Akana. Now, what is the opinion of Rabbi Nechunia ben Akana? Here we go. The Tanya, we learned in a Rabbi Nechunia ben Akana, I'm sorry, ben Akana would consider Yom Kippur to be like Shabbos when it came to Tashlum, when it came to being obligated to pay a monetary payment. Now, how so? So Brisa says, Ma Shabbos, just like if you purposely light a fire on Shabbos. And there's witnesses. And there's a Chi of Misa. And you burn down someone's house, like we said. Do you have to pay? No, because there's a death penalty. And the same thing holds true with Yom Kippur. Since there's a Chi of Misa, you're Potter from Tashlum. Now let me ask you a quick question. This is crucial. If somebody lights a fire on Yom Kippur, what's the penalty? Not Misa Bidei Adam. On Shabbos, the court down here carries out the punishment. So we say you don't need to pay. Kim Courts only give the more severe punishment. So on Shabbos, with warning and witnesses and everything, you burn down somebody's house, you're not going to pay for it. You're not going to be obligated to pay for the house. Because the Bezdin is going to, you're going to be high of Misa Bezdin down here on earth. On Yom Kippur, there's a chi of Kares, which is coming from Shemayim. According to our Mishnah, if you burn down somebody's house on Yom Kippur, should you pay for the house? Yeah. Right? Because the death penalty is only in Shemayim. It's not down here. So down here, what judgment will the Bezdin give? A monetary judgment. That's it. So they'll obligate him to pay for the house. However, Rabbi Nechunim Ben-Akana argues. Rabbi Nechunim ben says no. He says, Yom Kippur is like Shabbos. The same way by Shabbos, you're obligated in death, and therefore there's no monetary punishment. So to Yom Kippur, you're obligated in death, there's no monetary punishment, despite the fact that the death is, is, is in heaven. Still, he says, there's not going to be a monetary punishment. Let's go through this machlokas. Apparently now, we have a fundamental dispute. There's a fundamental dispute whether the rule of Kimle Bidarabamine, when you give a, only a harsher punishment, whether that applies to two punishments that are being handed out down here on earth, or whether it even applies to two punishments that are coming from anywhere. Even if one punishment's coming from heaven, we're still going to say you only get the harsher punishment. Fundamental dispute. Let's get into this. Says the Gemara. My timer to Rabbi Nechunya ben Hakana. What is the logic behind Rabbi Nechunya ben Hakana's reason that Kimle Bedramine applies even by Karis? What's his logic? So here we go. Amr Abayabai says, 
Namar Asain Bide Adam. It says the word Asain Bide Adam. The word Asain uh, literally means, um, we'll call it a, um, a let, let's translate Asain as a, either a tragedy or a terrible happening. All right? That's what, it, that's what Asain means. So it says the word um, Asain when it comes to somebody being Chai of Misa. Okay. It also says the word Asain. Benamar Asain, Bidei Shomayim. It also says Asain, Bidei Shomayim. Okay. What does it mean Bidei Shomayim? So interestingly, this is referring to the story of Yosef and his brothers. When the brothers were leaving Yosef, he tells them to be careful because... I'm sorry. Just... just yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. When the brothers were leaving Yaakov to go to Mitzrayim, Yaakov said, I'm concerned... Perhaps there's going to be an ason that happens to Binyamin. Now over there, Yaakov Avinu wasn't really concerned about anybody in particular hurting Binyamin. He was concerned about something happening, uh, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, maybe something's going to happen through, through Hashkach um, Pratis and not in a good way. So you find the word ason sometimes is used from something bad that can happen from another individual. And you find the word Asayin could be used for something that can happen, which seems to be bad, Bidei Shamayim. Says the Gemara, Ma Asayin, Amr Bidei Adam Patun just like the word Asayin. When it comes to the death penalty, when somebody dies, I'm sorry, when somebody dies, we say if you kill somebody, you're not obligated to pay the monetary obligation as well. For example, you shoot somebody in the chest, you don't need to pay for the shirt. Af Asayin, Amr Bidei Shamayim, Patun So too, Asayin, a tragedy that happens. Bidei Shomayim, which is, over here, he's referring to a chi of kares. Yeah, you, you transgress something, and now there's going to be a tragedy that befalls him. Also, there's not going to be a monetary obligation. Okay? That is Reb Nechunya uh, Ben Akana's approach. Kimlei because of the word ason, applies whether or not it's Bezdin carrying out the more severe punishment. Says the Gemara, one second. That's a challenging question. How do you know when Yaakov told his children? How do you know when Yaakov told his children? You know, I'm nervous that something's going to happen. An ason, a tragedy is going to happen to my son. How do you know he's concerned about the weather? Something that's strictly the hand of God. Maybe the ason, when Yaakov spoke to his sons, is... You know what might happen? Somebody might kill Binyamin. Somebody. A person might kill Binyamin. A lion might kill Binyamin. Bandits might kill Binyamin. And therefore the word ason asks the Gemara as a challenge. Does not mean when you're getting a punishment Bidei Maybe ason is Yaakov Avinu is referring is nervous about a death happening through another human being or another uh, animalistic entity. Answers the Gemara. Do you think Yaakov as a loving father, mom is beautiful, think Yaakov as a loving father was only concerned about one and not the other? Yaakov When you care about somebody, this is so precious, you have to look at the full picture. You look at everything. You can't just look at something in a vacuum. So when Yaakov warned his children, says the Gemara, just a plain svara. You want to tell me that his concern, you think he's warning his kids only about the potential of a lion attacking them or bandits attacking them? 
Of course not. Yaakov's concerned about the overall well-being, whether it's the natural elements, whether it's wild animals. He's concerned about everything. And therefore, the word ason over here is certainly including something happening bidei shamay. And it's a precious concept. Did Yaakov as a father, you think he didn't think about the other, you know, about anything? When you, when you care about somebody, you, when, when you care about somebody, when you like somebody, you're taking a lot of things into consideration. And certainly he's taking Bidei Shemayim into consideration as well. Hence, let's see how this fits in with our Gemara. The word Oson, the word Oson now means Bidei Shemayim and Bidei Adam. And the same way Bidei Adam, you won't have to have a monetary payment if you have a more severe punishment. So too, by Kares, which is Bidei Shemayim, you won't have a monetary payment if you have Kares. Okay. Says the Gemara. Here we go. We're now going to go on a little bit of a tangent. Very Gishmaka Gemara. Here we go. Vitzinim Vachim Bidei Shemayim Nenu are heat and cold considered Bidei Shemayim. If somebody gets a heat stroke, if somebody comes down with a cold, do we consider this to be Bidei Shemayim, where the person themselves did not play a role? This is such a crucial Gemara when it comes to our overall responsibility for our health. Bidei Shemayim means I played no role in this. This was God's decision. This was God's plan. Says Gemara, one second. Everything's in the hands of heaven. What family we're born into, how big we are, tall, short, rich, poor, except for sicknesses that come through natural element, natural elements. Yeah, meaning if you go out in negative 50 degrees and in Minnesota, right, you're going to get sick. Don't blame that on God. You're going to get sick. Use your brains, right? Shenamar, as it says, heat and cold, uh, you know, are uh, stand in the way of somebody who's we'll call him uh, uh, messed up. Person who can't think straight, okay, and a person who wants to take care of their health will stay away from extreme heat and extreme cold. Visu, and furthermore, are you going to tell me that if somebody gets attacked, mom is so precious, you get attacked by a lion? You're calling that a Man-made happening. Nothing's really man-made. Everything's bidei shamayim. We're playing two sides of the coin here. If somebody passes away, you should know there's times where the four Mises Bezdin, Hashem himself will carry out those four types of Misa. What do you mean by Batlu? What do you mean the, the four types of, of uh, punishment down here have not been removed. It certainly has been removed. There's no Jewish court now that's going to judge the death penalty. Ella rather says the Gemara to explain, top of Omid Beis, then Arba Misas Leibatlu. You're right, a court is not going to hand down a death penalty, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of it. Okay, now, how? Says the Gemara, incredible. Mishan is Skila. If a person transgresses in a way, there's warning and witnesses and everything, and a court would have judged them for stoning, you know what's going to happen? Or if somebody falls off a roof, you know what's going to happen? HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make it the same way when it comes to stoning, the person gets pushed off a cliff, and then a stone is, is pushed onto them. This person, in God's plan, will end up falling off a roof, 
or will be trampled on by an animal, similar to the way stoning works. Umishan is chayav shreifa. Somebody is obligated in an obligation of shreifa. Einayfel bedlika, einachash machishoy. Either die in a fire, or a snake might bite them. Umishan is chayav ariga. Somebody is obligated through the sword. Eilim sar lemalchus. He will be handed over to the government. Eilistim banalav. He will be killed by bandits. Umishan is chayav chenek. A person is obligated through choking. Eitavei abenar. He might drown. I'm ronki, which is a, a type of uh, of illness that tightens up the uh, that tightens up the air the air passage and allows and, and causes the person to not to not be able to breathe. Hence, here's the obvious question. This wraps up. Says the Gemara, nothing is not with the hand of God. So, what was our question? How do you know Yaakov was Yaakov Avinu was concerned about the hand of God? Maybe he was concerned about bandits. Ask the Gemara. Isn't that also the hand of God? Everything's the hand of God. So Gemara says, you're right. Rather switch it around. Here's what happened. If he gets killed by a lion or bandits, that's Bidei Shemayim. Cold and heat, then we say, that's Misa Bidei Adam. Because that, a person brings upon themselves. Which means, everything, HaKadosh Baruch Hu determines everything. But he expects us to have boundaries in this world. And to live within those limitations. And this applies to our Judaism. This applies to things we eat. This applies to things we think about. This applies to things we talk about. And it applies to how we keep our health. You cannot sit there and eat a dozen donuts for breakfast, a dozen donuts for lunch, and a pie of pizza for supper, and say, oh, I'm leaving it up to the Rabbani Shalalem. I'm leaving my health up to the Rabbani Shalalem. You're not allowed to do that. A person's health, over here it's specifically when it comes to heat and cold, extreme heat, extreme cold, you know is detrimental for your health. That's your own, that's your own uh, doing. Rava says, I'll give a different reason for Mechunim Ben Again, what was Mechunim Ben approach? He said that there's Kimlei Bidarabamine even by Kares. Even if somebody's Chayav Kares and Shemayim, you're not going to have a monetary payment down here on earth. One approach we gave is he learns it out from Ason Ason. Both by Bidayadab and Shemayim, it goes together. That was the first answer. Rav is going to give another answer. Rav says like this. Another, another reason for Nechunim Benakana is from here. If the, people, if, the, if the people close their eyes, the word Ha'alem is from the word Olam. So, so deep and so beautiful. This world is called Olam Hazeh, right? This world. Olam, world this. Olam, the Bali Musr teach us, is from an expression of He'elam, hidden. We don't really see things in this world. This world is completely hidden. As the Heligaponavijarov used to point out, you see more with your eyes closed than you do with your eyes open. So true. When your eyes are open, you only see what's in front of you because it's a hidden world. When your eyes are closed, you can see much further. You're not limited. You're not limited. This, the, the olam is helam. It's hidden. The, the world, by definition, hides things from us and it's on us to go find it. So, if people close their eyes, from that man, from who gives his children over to Molech. 
you have people who used to serve Avodah Zarah. They would take their firstborn child, walk them through a fire, and if they got burnt up, they were thrilled because now we sacrificed our best to this God Moloch, and if they made it through, they made it through. The Torah tells us, if you have somebody who serves Avodah Zarah with Moloch, and the community closes their eyes, pushes it under the rug, as we say in our society, and ignores it, I'm going to I'm going to cut off the people who close their eyes from this sin. If somebody does mailech is skila. If you don't carry through on the punishment because you want to pretend like it's not happening, you're going to be chayv karis. the Torah says karis shali kemisa shalachem. My karis is like your misa. Ma misa shalachem potem and atashlumim. Just like your misa, what's that? What happens? Your potem from tashlumim. Av karis shali potem atashlumim. So that's going to be another reason for mechunim ben akana that we're comparing karis in shemayim, death in heaven, to death that's supposed to take place down here on earth. Hence, there's kimle bederaba minei in both situations. Same way on earth, if you're obligated in two things, death and money, you're going to get you're going to get only the death. So two kares. If you're obligated kares and money, you're only going to get the kares. That's the approach of Rebbe ben Akana. Now again, this argues on the Mishnah. This argues on our Mishnah. But this is explaining the other approach. My Ika ben says the Gemara, what is the difference between Rava's approach and Abaye? Again, Rava said the reason for Rebbe ben Akana holding Kim Le'e is Ason, Ason. Rava says it's learnt out from the situation of Molech. Enters the Gemara, the difference is going to be Zar Sha'achal Chuma. If a Zar eats Chuma, regular Yisrael eats Chuma. Okay? Now, La Abaye Potter. According to Abaye, you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to have to pay for Chuma. Ula Rava Chayev. But according to Rava, you are going to be Chayev. And let's explain why. This is incredible. Ready? This is, we have to understand the nuance here. There are various types of death. There's natural death. As they say, the number one cause of death is life. Can't die if you don't live, right? All right. So the number one cause of death is that life. Okay. Then you can have a person being put to death by a Besden. And then there's Misa in Shemayim, death from heaven. One type of death from heaven is what we've discussed, which is Kares. Okay. Now, interestingly, what's unique about Kares is not only would somebody necessarily, not only would somebody pass away young, but a person also can lose, does lose their chilek in Eilam Haba. Okay. Now, there's another type of death from heaven called, it's not Kares, it's called Misa Bidei Shemayim. Death by the hand of Hashem. Okay? It functions differently than Kares. You don't necess- you're not necessarily cut off from Eilam Haba. But it's a separate type. There's a whole discussion how it works. But it's called Misa Bidei Shemayim. It's death through the hands of heaven. Not Kares though. It's, it works differently. If a Yisrael eats Truma, Yerchayav Misa Bidei Shemayim. You're not Chayev Karis. Now, according to Rava, who says that the source of Rav Nechunah ben Akana that Kim Ebed applies to Karis is from Molech, where it says in the Torah, if you don't put the father to death, 
then v'nichris v'hikarti oso, I will cut off the people. V'hikarti means kares. Hashem said, I'll give you kares. So according to Rava's approach, is there kimlei bedrabamine by misa bidei shamayim or only by kares? It seems only by kares because the, the Torah used the expression of kares. However, according to the previous reason given by Abaye that has learned out from ason ason, so no matter how the tragedy happened from Yaakov Avinu, from that story, whether it happened through Hashem causing death through kares or whether Hashem caused just a tragedy because of, you know, uh, not simple hashkacha pratis, that's also bidei shamayim. And therefore, according to Abaye's approach, if a, that, um, if a person's chay of misa bidei shamayim, they're still going to be kimle bidirabamine. Okay. Gavaldik and Afkamina. Says the Gemara, Vaiter, Ulabaye, Potter. But is it true that Abaye is going to hold that if a, if a Yisrael eats Shuma, you don't need to pay, uh, you don't need to pay for the Shuma, there's Kimle Bidramine. Is that true? Vamar of Chiz of Chizda says, My Drebuchim and Akana, Rebuchim and Akana agrees. Begaynev, when somebody steals, Chalbay Shachaberev, Achalay, somebody who steals forbidden fats from his friend and then he eats it, Shu Chayev. You're obligated to pay for the Chalev. Now, when you eat the Chalev, you're Chayev Karis. Not only are you going to be chayev kares, but you also have to pay for the chaylev. Shekvarn is chayev You know why you're obligated in money and for the kares? Because you stole before you ate it. Kaidem shabali First I steal it. I already owed the $50 for the chaylev. Then I ate the chaylev, so it happened afterwards. Alma, you see, from the time that he picked up the chaylev, he acquired it. Now you're obligated on money. When you obligate on kares, when you actually eat the chaylev. So too, by the Yisrael eating the truma. I don't understand. As soon as he picks up the truma, he stole it, and now he's obligated to pay. But when do you become It's only once you eat it. Answer the Gemara. I'll give you a simple answer. Yeah, you never picked it up and stole it. Somebody else put it in your mouth. And therefore, in a case where somebody else put it in your mouth, so then we'll say, you only, that, that, that according to Abayi's approach, You'll only be high of Misdei Shemayim. You're not going to have to pay for it. Says the Gemara. Yeah, go ahead. Says the Gemara. One second. Saif, Saif. Even if somebody else put it in his mouth. Kivan de la'ase kanya. As soon as he bit on it, he acquired it. So now you chewed it. So you ruined it. Yeah? So now you have to pay. And then only when you swallow it are you high of Misdei Shemayim. So it happened at two different times. You should have to pay both. Uh, once you swallow it. You didn't chew, you just swallowed it straight down. And therefore you swallowed it without chewing it. So both your kares and your monetary obligation are happening at the same time. Says Gemara, one second. What's the case? If we're talking about where it's so far down that you can't, I'm sorry, you could uh, bring it back up. Okay, I don't know what that's called. I don't know what the proper word for it. So it's Nehadar. Let him bring it back up. Why didn't he bring it back up? Huh? Only at the... Why did he bring it up? I don't know. So now you got to pay money for not bringing it back up. But when you chay of Misa Bidei Shemayim, once it's down further than that, you're not able to bring it back up. Now we're going to say chay Misa Shemayim. So it's still happening at two different times. But if it's too far down where you can't bring it back up, so then it's happening at the same time. Amai chayev. Why do you have to pay? We're dealing with a case where he swallows it straight down, but it's hard to bring it back up. 
Bring it back up by the Yitzchak. As two are so different, the Kareis and the Mammon are happening at the same time. Rav Papa, Amar, Rav Papa gives another approach. Where instead of eating it, you were drinking it, so you never chewed it. So it's going down, very simple. So it's going down at the same time. And, um, and the Chi of Kareis, I'm sorry, the Chi of Bidei Shamayim, the death penalty through heaven, and the monetary obligation are happening at the same moment. Ravashi Ravash gives another example. Bizar she'achal chuma mishalai. I'll tell you what it is. You ready? We're talking about a Yisrael who has to give truma to the Kohen and he never gave it. Is it already truma? Yeah. Is he stealing it when he picks it up? No. Gavaldik. Vikara Sharon Eschaviri. And at the same time that he was, ready for this? At the same time that he was swallowing the truma, he tore something that belonged to his friend. All right, so what's happening? Why did he tear something? He was, you know, he, uh, he was so excited to be swallowing this that, uh, or he, what, he was so, he got so excited that in, included with the swallowing of it was an action that tore somebody else's thing. Hence, the, the obligation of money and the obligation of Mizdei Shemayim happened at the same time. And therefore, we're going to say Kimlei B'dirabamine in that case as well. Bottom line is, we just gave a number of examples where it's possible to say that even by Misa B'dei Shamayim, there will be Kimlei B'dirabamine. That's the first thing to point out. And the second thing to point out is the Nafkamina between Abaye and Rava. Abaye said that the source for Reb Nechunia ben Akana is from a source of Ason Ason. Lost them. And the... And the Rava says the source is going to be from Molech and therefore it's specifically by Karish. All right. Have a wonderful job.